today we're beginning our brand new series, Rise Above. And uh, as you know, uh, earlier in the summer, we went through a series called Design that we went through the book of Ephesians, which uh, blessed so many of us. Uh, but now we're, we're just kicking off a brand new series. It is called Rise Above. And we're going to be talking about storms, storms in life. And living in South Florida, a lot of us, I think we know what storms look like. We know what storms can be like. We know the dangers that they bring physically. But how many know life can bring its own set of storms to our own personal lives? And I think there's so many people going through storms. There's so many people going through situations and circumstances where where all of a sudden it, it doesn't just uh, come and hit our light, but all of a sudden it starts to shake our faith. And what we want to talk about over the next four to five weeks is what do you do in a storm? I mean, I, what do I do if I'm in the middle of a storm? I think the next four to five weeks are going to be so important. I mean, I'm telling you, bring somebody that you say, hey, this person, they're, they're going through a circumstance. They need to hear something. You know, the Bible's full of different storm stories, and we want to do case studies on each storm. Today, we're going to start with one, but over the next four to five weeks, we're going to pick some storms and we're going to talk about them and we're going to study them. What does God do in the middle of the storm? What is Jesus? How does he react in the middle of the storm? Those are the type of things that we're going to be looking at. So I'm telling you, bring somebody with you. Today's story is, is an interesting story. It's one of my favorite stories about Jesus and it's a storm. It's in Mark chapter 4 and we're going to be picking it up in verse 35. And I love this story. If you're there, can you say amen? amen. Come on, why don't you look at the person sitting to your right and tell them you look good this afternoon. It's okay to talk in church. Some people don't want to turn to the left or the right. You look better. <laughs> Come on, look at the person on the other side and tell them, hey, I just want you to know, I prayed all morning that I would sit next to somebody like you. <laughs> Some people hate who they're sitting next to. Mark chapter 4. If you, don't, if, you, if you also want a Bible, you can raise your hand and our team will get you a Bible. But we're also going to put it up on the wall. So beginning in verse 35, love this story. It says this. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Somebody say other side. Other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with them. A furious squall came up. That's a furious storm. All of a sudden, this crazy storm just comes out of nowhere. Suddenly, a storm came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. It's a big storm. It says Jesus was in the stern of the boat, and he was sleeping on a cushion. Jesus was, he brought his own personal pillow on the boat, and here he is sleeping on a boat. And it says the disciples woke him up, and they said, Teacher, don't, don't you care? Don't you care if we drown? How many, how many times is that our reaction with God? God, where are you? Don't, don't you care about me? Do you care about my family? Here the disciples are saying, are you serious, Jesus? Don't you care if we drown? It says that Jesus, all of a sudden he got up and it says that he rebuked the wind and he said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm and he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? Do you still have no faith? It says they were terrified. If they were scared of the storm, now they're more scared of Jesus. They were terrified and they asked each other, who is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. Come on, how many, this is an incredible, awesome passage there. The power of God. I love it. 
Out of that story, I want to share with you a few thoughts and a few handles that can help us in life, stuff that has helped me, and I hope it can help you this afternoon. If you're taking notes, I hope all of you are. By the way, if you have an iPhone, there's an app called Notes, and I think Steve Jobs made it just for church, so you can take a lot of notes. You can open that up, and I've titled this message. You can write it down. It says, I'm getting to the other side. Come on, tap three people and tell them, hey, I'm getting to the other side. Tap, tap three people around you and tell them, hey, 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 I'm getting, I'm getting to the other side. Come on, how many believe God has taken us to the other side? I really believe that with all my heart. And I pray that over the next 20, 25 minutes, God will speak to us in this place. Again, if it's your first or second time with us, glad to have you in the house of God. So good to see so many people here in the house. I, I love that we have Stephanie here. Where's Armando? Is he here? They just had a baby, by the way, a miracle baby. Can, can I just tell you, doctor says they couldn't have a baby, that she was not... She has a baby here in church today. Come on. That's some good news. There he is right there. Look at that miracle baby. Come on. That's a miracle right there. Love you, man. So glad to see you guys here in church today. I love, I love when we have people here in the house, man, that haven't seen in a while. They've been just had the baby. It's like, what, two weeks? Three weeks? Two months already? Oh, it's felt like two weeks. Two months old. Love it. Hey, let's bow our heads, close our eyes, and ask that God would bless this time. Father, we thank you for this afternoon. We thank you for your word. We thank you, God, for this community. We thank you for this church. We thank you for family, God. Thank you, God, for every single family that is here today, God. I pray that you would bless us in this time. I thank you for your word, and I thank you for everything that you want to speak to us in our heart. Move us out of the way, God. We pray that your Holy Spirit would do what only you can do. Heal every heart. Heal every life. I pray that you heal relationships, that you heal bodies. I pray that you open up our eyes to see you in everything that we say and do. We want to see you, Jesus, because we want to be more like you. Bless this time. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say. Amen. Come on, all God's people say. Amen. Amen. Come on, this is 1 p.m. I need you to preach back to me today. Uh, well, I'm going to preach this the way I feel it, but I need you to preach it back to me. Um, so you can do whatever you want. You can shout amen. You can wave a hanky. I've been saying that as a, as a joke. But can I tell you, Wednesday night and today at 11, there was like three people waving hankies. So I think we're about to start calling security. But um, I'm just saying, you can shout whatever you want. This is the type of church where we like when you talk back. Like I like when you're active with me and I can hear you. Uh, if you're quiet, yeah, there you go. If you're quiet, then I get nervous. Uh, but I just want to hear you shout back. Uh, if, if I say something you like, you can say amen. If I say something you don't like, look at your neighbor and say, that's for you. And uh, just say, hey, you should write that down. Like he was at, that was at you right there. Hey, anybody here, anybody here likes surprises? Anybody here likes surprises, enjoy surprises? Louis, you like surprises? I got a surprise for you later. <laughs> anybody here enjoy surprises? Oh, wait, wait, is there anybody here that doesn't enjoy surprises? Doesn't enjoy surprises? My wife is one. She does not like surprises. She, she hates surprises. She's like, my birthday's coming up. Please no surprises. Please no surprises. So I, I have to be careful as I plan around her birthday. I have to tell her everything ahead of time. And, uh, and I say, but just act surprised. Act surprised. Me, on the other hand, I enjoy surprises. Like I tell her, when it's my birthday, surprise me. Like, do the biggest party in the world. I don't care. I want to, even if I know, I'm going to act surprised. Like, oh my God, this is for me. Like, I love surprises. One year, it was my birthday. I walked into my room and she had just bought me some brand new uh, LeBron James Nike sneakers amazing obviously he went to Cleveland and so I sold them on eBay I got rid of them but 
but, but surprises are good. My dad, by the way, it's my dad's birthday today. He's turning 61. Amazing. He's a champion. I love him. Honor my dad. I thank God for him. Um, he was here at the 11 a.m. I, I love my dad. Last year, we threw a huge surprise birthday for his 60th birthday party. And uh, when he walked in, the, the look on his face, it's the best. Those kind of surprises are the best. But how many know there's also bad surprises? There's also bad surprises. Like, like, have you ever gone to your car and see that it's gone, it's missing? That's a bad surprise. A couple of weeks ago, we were at uh, Pastor Hedda at his wife Navi's house, and we're playing Parcheesi. We like playing Parcheesi, tournament Parcheesi. Christian life is the best. Wild, adventurous, playing Parcheesi. And uh, it just, we just like having a tournament. I look out the window, they're towing my car. That's a bad surprise. I remember my mom picked me up from school one day and she said, hey, they stole our other car. We have to go look for it. I'm like, what? What? I'm only like 10 years old. I'm traumatized. I'm like, what's going on? You ever, you ever pulled up to your house and see somebody breaks into your house? I remember we used to live in Hialeah. That, that, that explains a lot right there. But <laughs> I'm born and raised in Hialeah. Love Hialeah. One day we pulled up to our house and uh, our house had gotten broken into. Worst surprise. It's not a good surprise. Surprises can be bad. A lot of you know we woke up uh, this week to a surprise that D-Wade decided to go to Chicago. That's a bad surprise. Like, what is wrong when he didn't hear from God this week? We're praying for him, believing that God's going. Life can come with, with bad surprises. Life can come with some situations that are difficult and circumstances that are tough to digest and to live through. And they're much like Miami. You know, Miami is kind of, it's crazy living here. If you lived here for any amount of time, you know that this is true. One moment you are driving down the street and it is hot. The sun is out. You are enjoying life. The minute the light turns green and you cross over to the next block, it is thunder, lightning, and there are storms in Miami. Anybody know this is a crazy bipolar weather? It's the same way with life. One day you can be having the day, the, I mean, best day ever, hashtag best day ever, and the next moment, life hits you hard. The next moment, you get the, the most tragic news you could ever imagine. The next moment, you get a phone call that you didn't expect. And all of a sudden, life can hand you tragedies that you're like, wait, when, when did this happen? How, how did this happen? Life was going so good, and now I'm in this circumstance. Now I'm in this situation. You know, the thing about storms in life is that storms are going to hit us all. Eventually, Life might have been good for a while, but eventually I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but storms will come and hit us all. In my short, young, very young 32 years of life, I've realized that you live long enough, storms will come. It's just, it just comes with life. You know, you know, your health is not going to be perfect forever. No matter how much you exercise, eventually your body's going to deteriorate. You'll get wrinkles and hanging stuff, and uh, you'll want to go to the plastic surgeon to fix certain things. But how many know your body wasn't meant to last forever? <gasps> Did he say hanging stuff? Like, yeah, your body just begins to sag naturally. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter how much you prepare financially. I've seen people have the best finances in one moment to the next stock market crashes or lose your job. And all of a sudden, very quick, you're going to be in a bad financial situation. Storms are going to come to us all. The marriage could be going great. And all of a sudden, from one day to the next, it's like, hey, I'm not happy. I, I want a divorce. You'll be waiting for the papers, i sign them and we'll talk later. Storms can come all of a sudden to anybody. Nobody is exempt from the storms of life. The Bible says in the book of Job that it rains on the just and the unjust alike. It rains on everybody. In fact, there's a story in the Bible that it says, Jesus says of a wise man who built his house upon the rock. And then there's a foolish man who built his house on the sand. 
And when the storms came, it said that he who built his house on the sand, his house was completely knocked down. You know what that shows me is that wisdom doesn't prevent a storm. The storm's going to come regardless. But godly living can prepare you for a storm. What, what are we going to do when the storms come? What are we going to do when life hits us? And why we call this series Rise Above is because I believe sooner or later, either we are about to go into a storm or we are in a storm this afternoon or we're just getting out of a storm. But sooner or later, all of us are going to be in a storm. And what we have to know is that we have to be prepared for the storm, that there is a God who is with us, that there is a God who's on our side, that there is a God who is stronger. Come on, does anybody believe that God is on our side? And what he wants to do is prepare us for the storms that are coming. The storm could be bad, but how many know God is above the storm? The waves could be crashing into your boat, but let me tell you, there's a God who is with you. Maybe this afternoon you are in here and you're saying, Alex, this is what my life is looking like. This is a situation in my life right now. This is what I'm facing. I want to let you know that it's not over until God says it's over. And you may be in the middle of a storm, but he is the God that is above the storm. I really believe God wants us to walk away from here today saying, I'm going to be prepared for the storm. I'm getting to the other side. Can I get an amen? amen. In Mark chapter 4, I love this story. Mark chapter 4, Jesus had just finished preaching some of the best preaching in the world. Jesus was the most phenomenal, outstanding, wisest preacher ever. He had just been saying some incredible uh, parables in the book of Mark. He had finished preaching. It had been some several days with thousands and thousands of people. Finally, he's tired. And he says, you know what, uh, let's get into this boat and let's cross to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So he grabs his disciples, his, his, his followers, his homies. He grabs his, his click, you know, you, nobody messing with my click, click, click. And uh, they all get in this boat and he says, okay, let's get in this boat and let's cross to the other side. Let's cross to the other side. Disciples all jump in the boat and they get ready to take off. And what the Bible says in Mark chapter 4 is that in the middle of this trip, a storm breaks out. It was an all of a sudden storm. You ever, you ever, that's how life is. All of a sudden, you'll get some bad news. All of a sudden, something bad will happen. And this wasn't just a regular storm. The Bible says that it was a great storm. In fact, in the Greek, when you look at the word that they use to describe the storm, it is the Greek word seismos, where we get our word seismic. You ever heard of seismic waves? It's seismic. That means it's, it's, it's bigger, larger than ever. This was a great storm. This was a powerful storm. And this happened a lot in the Sea of Galilee because the Sea of Galilee is about 700 feet below sea level. Sea of Galilee is a crazy place. I've never been there, but I've seen pictures. People have told me. Hopefully we can go one day. But it's 700 feet below sea level. So it's a low, low sea. And it's surrounded by huge mountains. So what happens is that the cold air of the mountain comes down off the mountain and it mixes with the warm air of the Sea of Galilee. So it creates a perfect scenario for storms. So storms happen often. And what got me thinking, the disciples were skilled fishermen, yet here they can't handle the storm they're in. Sometimes you think you're prepared as you can be, but the skill is not on you. The skill is on God. You can be as prepared and you can know as much as you want to know, but sometimes life will hand you some stuff that you're like, oh, my God, I need my God. This is a storm so big. The disciples start going crazy. It says that water starts coming inside of the boat. They're trying to get water out. And as they look to Jesus, it says that Jesus is in the stern of the boat. He is in the back of the boat and he is below the boat. He is sleeping on a pillow. He brought a pillow pet. <laughs> Jesus is snoring and drooling while they are losing their minds. 
They are going crazy. They are saying we are about to die. Does he not care about us? How many times do we say, God, have you forgotten about me? God, have you abandoned me? God, did you forget my prayer request? But I love that this shows us that God has never forgotten us. God has never abandoned us. He is always with us in the boat. I pray that no matter what you may be going through, you realize God is with you. That's point number one. Write this down. I want to give you three quick handles that I think can help you over the next 10, 15 minutes. Number one, don't let the presence of a storm indicate the absence of God. Don't let the presence of a storm indicate the absence of God. Just because there's a storm doesn't mean that there isn't a Savior. You may be going through a storm right now. You may be going through a difficult situation. But just because there is a storm, it does not mean that God is not with you. A lot of times what we do is that we focus so much on the winds and the waves that we forget about the Savior. Don't become so aware of the storm that you lose the awareness of God. What, what is it that you're looking at? What, what is it you're thinking? Has God left me? Has God abandoned me? Has God forgotten about me? Love this story because no matter how bad the storm got, Jesus was always with them. Jesus was in the boat with them. Here they are going crazy and it's almost like they've forgotten about all the miracles they saw Jesus do. It's almost like they've forgotten that this is the same Savior that grabbed the bread and the fish and multiplied it and fed over 5,000 people. This is the same Savior that rose and resurrected a boy from the dead. This is the same Savior that brought Lazarus out of a grave. And if he could do all that, then surely he could calm the winds and the waves. But we start thinking, God, God, God must not be here. And we say, oh, obviously, you know what we've gotten accustomed to? We've gotten accustomed to that, that life with God must mean that it's a happy life, right? Like with God, life with God must mean that I have all the money in the world. My money's never going to run out. In fact, I'm going to have more money, right? That's a false theology that people teach. Oh, well, life with God must mean that I'm always going to be happy and everything's going to be okay and I'm always going to have health. That's a false theology. I've seen some great people of God get sick. Oh, life must mean, where do we get this from? Because all of a sudden we think that when bad storms come, that means God is not there. The Bible says that Job, in the book of Job, Job, Job was looking for God. He said, I was looking for God and I could not find him. It's not that he could not find him. It's that he couldn't believe what was happening to him. But little did he know it was God himself who gave permission for this thing to come. And what he was going to do through it all was keep him safe and was going to keep him guarded. What was happening to him was just a trial, and it was just some resistance to make you a little bit stronger. Sometimes God will allow storms in our life because he wants to make our faith a little bit stronger, and he wants to make sure that our light shines a little bit brighter. If we don't go through anything, then we will never be able to say God was faithful to me. Right, what we have to always understand is that on our path to our destination, we will always have resistance. Always be distractions. On our path to our destinations, we will always have distraction. Resistance will come. Resistance will come in life, and you either choose, is this resistance going to block me, or is it going to build me? Is this resistance going to stop me, or is it going to make me stronger? What's going to happen with the resistance that comes into your life? How are you going to face it? Resistance is going to come. Resistance is not bad. I started going to a gym recently, and uh, we have a trainer there. And uh, he screams at everybody. And um, it was time to grab all the dumbbells. And so I go and I grab my dumbbells. Everybody grabs their dumbbells. And we're going to do some curls. We're going to do whatnot. And all of a sudden, the trainer loses his mind. And he's like, hey! 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 <laughs> hey! You be 
been coming for three months. You're still picking up the same weight. Not, not at me. He wasn't screaming at me. He was screaming at this other guy. Just, hey, if you want your muscles to grow, get some weights that are a little heavier. Because your muscles have already become used to what you're carrying. And it made me think, whoa, how many times in life do we want our faith to grow? We want to trust God, but the second a storm comes, we want to jump out of the boat and we don't want to trust in God. But how many know sometimes God allows storms in our life to build up our faith? That way the next storm comes around. You say, you know what? I've been through one storm of God and he got me through it. I've been through a second storm of God and he got me through it. And the same God that got me out the first time. Oh, come on. I wish somebody at the 1 p.m. knew that God is faithful. Know that he's awesome. Know that he's with us. Know that he's on our side. The same God that was faithful then is going to be faithful now. It's a God that we serve. This is God. He's going to be faithful. You know, there's a saying that says, a smooth sea never made a skilled sailor. So we want an easy life. And it's like, no, life is going to come with storms. Didn't Jesus say in John chapter 16, in this world you will have trouble. But take heart. I've already overcome the world. There's going to be some storms in life. But understand, I'm going to give you strength and faith to overcome them. I think what we got to do is make a decision and say, you know what? I am going to persevere through the storm. I am going to make sure that the resistance doesn't stop me, but it makes me stronger. I'm going to make sure the resistance doesn't block me, but it builds me up. The disciples are in this boat and they're like, they're just losing their mind. They're like, Jesus, Jesus, wake up. <laughs> Try to take our water out of this boat. He's sleeping on a pillow, man. He's sleeping on a pillow. You know, what they were looking at was the waves, and what they didn't realize was that Jesus was saying a lot with what he was doing. Number two, write this down. In the eye of the storm, always keep your eye on the Savior. In the eye of the storm, always keep your eye on the Savior. Jesus was sleeping in the middle of this huge storm. You know, I think a lot of times what we have to realize is that the posture of the Savior should remind us of the power of the Savior. He was in a resting position. Let his posture remind you of his power. Jesus was not going crazy. Jesus was not losing his mind. Jesus was not in the storm like, guys, what are we going to do? I tried calling my dad and he forgot about us too. <laughs> Jesus was resting. You know what this shows me? That when you're going through a storm, you can rest in God. When you're going through the most difficult situation, I mean, it, it might be life-threatening. You can rest in God. You know, God is not in heaven losing his mind about our lives. He's got us in the palm of his hands. Like, like God is not in heaven taking high blood pressure medication and checking it every hour on the hour. Like God is not in heaven saying, oh, my God. I forgot about Alex in this situation. What are we going to do here? What are we going to do? Uh, Michael, Gabriel, the archangels, run, go, help him. He needs some help. God is not in heaven sweating. God doesn't have anxiety. God doesn't have depression. God is not stressed out. God says, I am God. I am in control. I am sovereign. I am in charge. And I know the end from the beginning. Come on, he's the alpha and omega. He is always in control. And he's in control of your life. And at times it may look like life is crazy. It may look like everything is like a whirlwind. And you may be saying, God, you forgot about me. And God, you forgot about your plans for my life. And look at my husband. And look at my wife. And look at my situation. You forgot. Forgot about my kids. And you forgot about my calling. And you forgot about what you said for me. 
But God is always faithful to his word. He's never failed and he's not going to fail us now. He's always faithful. He's always true. Maybe there's some people in here this afternoon that you feel like God's forgotten about you. I just sense like there's somebody in here that you say, man, God, he's not even thinking about me. I want to remind you he's in love with you. The Bible says the many thoughts I think towards you, God is constantly thinking about you. He loves you and he's holding you. And he wants you to put your eyes on him. Don't focus on what's around the boat. Focus on who's inside the boat. Don't look at the waves and the winds. Look at the Savior that is with you. He promised that he would get you to the other side. He said, let's get to the other side. And the disciples, instead of trusting his word that they were going to the other side, they started doubting. And they were full of fear, full of doubt. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. You may be going through something right now, but know that God has promised you, you are going through the other side. It may seem like you're not going to make it. It may seem like this is the end. It may seem like divorce is the only thing. It may seem like your kids are never going to come back to God. It may seem like there is no peace. It may seem like you're never going to get that job back. It may seem like you're never going to get stable again. But let me tell you, you are going to get through it with God. If he's in the boat, you're going to get through it. There's something powerful about having Jesus on the boat with you. As long as you keep your eyes on him, you realize if he's calm, I've got to be calm. Like when you get on a flight and you go through some turbulence, you look at the flight attendants. If they're still passing out water and they're still passing out crackers, I'm going to enjoy my water and my cracker. The minute I see them run to their chairs, strap on their seatbelt and start praying, somebody grab a parachute or something, that plane's going down. Their calmness gives me calmness. We were at Bush Gardens this past week, and uh, me and my wife and some friends, we went to Bush Gardens, and, you know, Pastor Hedda brought his little nephew. He's how old is he? 11 years old. 11 years old, right? And uh, we're about to go on this ride called uh, Shikra. <laughs> it is from the devil, let me tell you. And, 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 and we get on this ride, and the thing comes down over the shoulders, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to act like I'm having a good time. <laughs> this is going to be great. <laughs> but I'm, like, shaking internally. They said I got pale, but I said, man, I'm not going to miss out on this. I'm going to ride this thing. And, and, and I'm looking at this 11-year-old, right? You should see his face. He had the biggest smile in the world. He, at times, it's almost like he got bored on the ride. I'm looking over and I'm like, I'm telling them like, this kid has no fear. Like what in the world? Like hey, after the ride, did you enjoy it? He's like, it was okay. I just wanted the corner seat. I just wanted to be in the corner seat. Like, like everybody in the picture came out with these faces like, ah, yeah. he came out like this. I don't know about you, but through my storm and when I'm scared, I want to look at the face of my Savior. And I want to see him resting. And I, want to, I just want to hear his voice say, no matter how bad it gets, no matter how bad you think this thing is going to get, it might rock the boat, but it's not going to rock your faith. The wind may howl, but the Savior, it ain't going nowhere. It can blow as hard as it wants, but the Savior is on the boat. Come on, is anybody glad that we got Jesus on the boat with us? He is the Savior, and he's got us. He ain't going nowhere. The wind 
can't blow him. The thunder's not going to scare him. He's on the boat with us. It might shake the boat, but don't let it shake your faith. Have some faith. We're going to get through the storm together. Number three, last one, and the band can come up with this. Although you may not always get out of a storm, just know you will always get through the storm. May not always get out of a storm, but know you will get through the storm. Jesus says, we're going to the other side. He gave them the promise before they even got on the boat. What happens is that they forgot the promise. The storm started coming. They wake up, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. We're all going to drown. Jesus wakes up and says, peace, be still. He quiets the storm. He says, be quiet. Literally in the Greek, what it says is that he muzzled the storm. He shut its mouth. All of a sudden, it got so calm. The Bible says that literally one translation says it was like a sea of glass. Not one wind, not one wave. The power of Jesus. Literally, I think what Jesus spoke, it wasn't just that he declared peace, is that he is peace. He was just speaking what he was made out of. The Bible says that he is the prince of peace. Let me just tell you, you can't have peace outwardly if you don't have peace inwardly. You want peace in the middle of your storm, you need the prince of peace in you. He says, we're going to go to the other side. So you know, Jesus was going to live through this a couple more times. Jesus, right before he was crucified, the Bible says he was in the Garden of Gethsemane. He was praying and he was sweating. The Bible says he sweated so much he was sweating blood because he knew his life was about to be taken. He knew he was about to get some nails through his hand and through his feet. And he was about to get a pierced side and he was going to get whiplash. I mean, all everything you can imagine. Punched, kicked, beaten. It says that when he's in the garden, he's praying, God, I, I don't, I want to go through this. This is going to be, this is going to be hard. He says, if you can, can you take this cup from me? But he says, let your will be done. I can imagine Jesus as he got up from that garden, he started making his way back, knowing they were about to arrest him. Where the rest of the disciples were, everybody was about to come and arrest him that night. I can only imagine him thinking, you know what? What I'm going to go through may be difficult, but my father said that three days later, I'm going to rise from the grave. Oh, death might hold me down for about three days, but I know he told me that the stone is going to be rolled away and I will rise. I will make it to the other side. The only way he went through the cross is because he knew what was on the other side of the cross. He knew that even though he laid his life down, he was going to pick it up again three days later. He said, I'm getting to the other side. Let me tell you, I don't know what you're going through this afternoon. I don't know what you're facing, but I want to let you know one thing. God says you will make it to the other side. He is going to give you the strength. He is going to give you the power. You can stand up in the middle of your storm and you can say, you know what? If Jesus made it through death, then I can make it through life and if Jesus made it through the cross then I can make it to the other side I'm here to let you know this afternoon you will get to the other side you need to stand up in the middle of your storm and say be quiet peace be still I am making it to the other side my marriage is gonna make it my life is gonna make it I'm gonna hold on and make it to the other side if God is with me oh who can be against me God will keep me to the other side come on church why don't we lift up our hands lift up our voice let's sing it out together god thank you that we will make it to the other side come on
tell you, I don't know what you're in the middle of. I don't know what you're facing, but I know we all face it. We all face different circumstances. And maybe you're saying, Alex, but you don't know mine. Maybe you're saying mine's is life-threatening and, and it, may, it may even cost me my life. The Bible says, though my heart and flesh may fail me, he is my portion forever. Even if our life is gone on this side, how many know we're still going to make it on the other side over there? That's the ultimate promise. That's the ultimate side we all want to get to. You know, you know what I think it is? I think a lot of... We have a lot of Christians that love Jesus and want to get to heaven, but we just don't want to get there right now. Our life is about to be cut off and we're saying, no, no, wait, 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 Jesus, I, I want to get married, I want to have kids, I want to buy a dream house. And it's like, wait, that's the ultimate side. Even if you don't get your healing on this side, you're eventually going to get healed on the other side. Even if you don't get all the riches on the world on this side, he promises riches that I have never seen, ears have never heard on the other side. Let me tell you, you will make it to the other side no matter what. He promised that you will make it. It's the best side we could ever go to. We just got to trust that as long as he's on the boat, we're going to get there. I want to tell you, he's in the middle of your storm with you. And you can rise above and you will make it to the other side. Let it attack let it blow down all it can it's not going to blow down the savior savior is not going nowhere he's with you the bible says we have this hope as an anchor for our soul he's holding you and he sees you and he's not going to let you go i pray that god would comfort some hearts in here this afternoon that god would tell you there may be a storm right now but you can get up in the same way and say peace be quiet be still I'm going to rise above the storm. With every eye closed and every head bowed all over this auditorium, if you're in here today and you're saying, Alex, I don't have a relationship with God. I'm far from God. I've done some sin in my life and I've done some messed up things. I've been following my own path. I've been following my own life and it's gotten me nowhere. I'm frustrated. I'm sick. I'm tired of the life I've been living. Let me just tell you, God loves you so much. He's not mad at you. He's not waiting for you to do a million things. All he wants you to do is trust him, that he loves you, that he made a way for you. All of us have sinned. All of us have messed up, but that's why he sent his son, Jesus. Jesus grabbed your sin, my sin, all of our sin, went up on a cross, and he paid the price for our sin. The Bible says Jesus died on that cross, and on the third day, he rose from the dead. He paid the penalty that you and I can never pay. He defeated sin and death for you and for me. And today he wants to give you a brand new start. The Bible says all who come to Jesus, they are new creatures. They're given a brand new beginning. While every eye is closed, every head is bowed all over this auditorium, while the church leaders are praying. Come on, you can pray out loud. If you're in here and you're saying, Alex, I need to get my life right with God. I want to trust in him. I want to have a relationship with him. I need forgiveness. Today's your day. I'm going to count to three, and I believe some hands are going to go up. And if that's you, you raise your hand as well. While every eye is closed, every head bowed, if that's you, you raise your hand. I'm going to acknowledge you right where you're at, and then you can put it right back down. You're saying, I need Jesus. Today, I need a brand new beginning. Hands are already going up. One, two, three. God bless you back there. I see you. God bless 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 you. Awesome. Anybody else? You raise your God bless you over here. Amazing. Anybody else? You raise your hand as high as you can. You're saying, I'm making a decision to follow Jesus. Thank you, God. Amazing. Amazing. All of you who raise your hand, I'm going to say a simple prayer. It's the most simple prayer. All we're doing is talking to God. You can talk to God anytime the way that you talk to friends. He's waiting to hear from you. All I'm doing today is making it easy for you to say this prayer. 
The prayer doesn't save us. It's faith in Jesus that saves us. And that's what we're doing through this prayer. If you raise your hand, I want you to repeat this prayer with everything that you got. I want you to say it out loud. In fact, the whole church, we're going to say it with you. I want you to say, Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for this opportunity. I admit that I'm a sinner and that my sin separates me from you. Jesus, come into my life. Be my Lord and be my Savior. Forgive me. I want to walk with you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. From today on, I am healed. I am saved. I am forgiven. And I'll follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, church. Can we put our hands together?